0: Okay, if people want to grab their seats, I was just encouraging the young people that were up here saying, hey, I want to see a youth band, how many of you want to see a youth band? So there we are, thrown out challenge to the young people about setting up a youth band, so look forward to, to seeing those guys leading us in worship one day. So, we've been doing this series called Love Revolution. And we've been looking at the different aspects of love and what love is and how that we are created to love God, that vertical relationship that we're all called to have. But we're also called to love horizontally. We're also called that it's not enough that we've received God's love, we need to share that with other people as well. But also, it's important that we learn to love ourselves in a healthy and appropriate way as well. So that's what we've been looking at. Last week, just a little recap. We were looking at Luke chapter 15, uh, which is the chapter that's all about being lost. The Bible says in Isaiah that we all have been lost. We've all like sheep gone astray. We've, We've gone our own way. But God's rescue mission, this is the whole point of Jesus coming to the earth, that he came to rescue you, he came to rescue me. And in Luke 15, we read about the lost son who squanders his father's wealth and he goes off on wild living. He he tries to find satisfaction in his life by doing lots of things like drink and drugs and women and partying. And he had a great time until the money ran out. And then he suddenly realized, oh, hang on, I thought you were my friend. But suddenly these people didn't want to befriend him anymore because the money had dried up. What he'd realized is that all of those things didn't fill the God-shaped hole within. And so there's this wonderful phrase in that story where it says, and he came to his senses. It was like he hit rock bottom. And sometimes we need to hit rock bottom because when we're knocked on our back, it's then that we look up. And that's a good place to be where we recognize, I can't do it on my own, but I need God's help. And in the story, the son, whilst he, you know, goes off and has crazy living, he ends up, you know, having a job where he's feeding pigs. And it says that he was in such a rock bottom place that he even desired to eat the pig's food. How many of you know that's rock bottom? That's pretty low, isn't it? And it says, he came to his senses and he started to return home to the father. And he, he thought to himself, even if I just became a servant in my father's house, it would be way better than this life that I'm living. So he returns to the father. He's there, he's rehearsing his, you know, I'm not worthy to be called your child. I'm not worthy to be called your son. And as he starts to walk home, the father spots his son on the horizon and he runs out to his son and he flings his arms around him and he puts a robe on his, his shoulders and he puts sandals on his feet, puts a ring on his finger. And he says, my son was lost, but now he's found. And he threw a big party. And that's a picture of God's love for you and for me. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm not worthy, you know, God's, you know, it's just going to punish me and tell me what a disgrace I am. But we see that the Father was not full of judgment, but he was just full of love. And there's something about the goodness of God that transforms our lives from the inside out. We also, in Luke 15, we looked at the lost coin. There was a woman who had 10 silver coins and she lost one of those coins. And... She was desperate to find this coin because it was of great value. So she you know, turned up you know, heaven and earth, her household, to find the coin. When she found the coin, she was so happy and she told all her neighbors about it and said, let's throw a party because this coin was lost, but now it's found. And then we read about the lost sheep. There were a shepherd with a hundred sheep. And one of the sheep went missing. And the good shepherd was like, I need to find that sheep. It's gone missing. He... thankfully he didn't say hey well it doesn't matter I've still got 99 so you know the one doesn't matter no that wasn't the heart of this good shepherd he was like I've lost one I've got to find it so he left the 99 safe and secure and he went and he pursued and he found that lost sheep and when he found it he put it over his shoulder and he brought that sheep home well, here in these stories, in that chapter of Luke 15, we see that the father in the prodigal son story, that represents Father God. The, the persistent woman who turns up, you know, a whole household and is just so desperate to find the coin, she represents the heart of God in finding us. We are that silver coin that has been lost. And in the story of the, the shepherd and the sheep, God is the good shepherd. And we are the sheep that's gone astray. So it's great that, that many of you here can testify about once being lost, but now being found. But last week, we really looked at how that it's not just enough that you've been found. Like, that's great that you've been found. Good on you. But we, when we get found, we then become part of God's rescue mission To help other people become found. This is part of our purpose. This is part of our mission. To love the lost. And we have all been lost in our lives. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. This is from Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to go from verse 14 to 16. It says this. You... Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, it's really fascinating that here Jesus is saying to his followers, he's saying to his disciples, he's saying to those who've invited Jesus into their life, into their world, he's, he's saying, you are the light of the world. And yet in John eight twelve, we read that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But here's the thing is that Jesus is the light of the world. He's the ultimate light of the world. But when we invite God into our life, we then become carriers of that light. And part of our purpose is to share that light with other people. In John chapter 4, we read another story about someone who was very lost. Jesus is on a journey and he comes to a well. And, you know, it was a very hot climate, you know, that Jesus lived in. And he's tired. You know, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man, and he was tired. And so he wanted a drink, and he saw this Samaritan woman. Now, remember, Jesus was Jewish. And he sees this Samaritan woman who comes and is starting to draw water from the well. And so Jesus asks her, can you draw me some water? This was something that would have been frowned upon. This is something that would have been seen as like, you don't do that. Because Jewish people didn't speak to Samaritans. Samaritans were were seen as uh, kind of like half-breed. They, they were seen as like not pure. Um, and there was a real rivalry between the two. So first of all, like, she's like really taken aback of like, why are you? You're a Jew and you're talking to me and you're asking me like, this is... This is not appropriate, you know, this is not the done thing to do. And then Jesus begins to, to talk to her about, you know, those that drink from this well will thirst again. But the waters that I give, you know, will, will quench your spiritual thirst. They will not have to thirst again. I am the living waters. Jesus was speaking very powerfully here. But it's interesting that Jesus started off by asking her, can you draw me some water? And I want to say this because we're talking about loving the lost and how we can love the lost, how we can help other people, how we can pass on the message. And I think it's a really powerful and humbling thing to do is when you ask someone for something. I don't know if you've you've done this. Sometimes we can be very self-sufficient and we don't want to ask anyone. We want to stand on our own two feet. But it shows humility when you ask someone for something. And here Jesus is and he's asking her for something. It opened a door. And when we do this with other people, it opens the door. There's an opportunity for us to engage with those people. I remember hearing a story about a family that moved next door, this new neighborhood. They moved next door to this family. And this, this family that had just moved in, they were very, very wealthy. They were really well off. And, um, but the people that they moved in next to were very, very poor. They didn't have much money at all. So the father, this wealthy father, he goes knocks next door and he knocks on the door and he says, uh, excuse me, like, have you got some sugar that, um, that we could have? We, we, we haven't got any sugar and, um, you know, we could really do it. So anyway, this poor family are like quite shocked and are taken aback that this very wealthy man is asking, can I have some sugar? And uh, so anyway, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll go and get you some sugar. And uh, so the wealthy father takes the sugar and then he goes home. And his son says to him, father, like, why did you do that? We're really rich. We're really wealthy. We don't need to ask someone for sugar. And he says, no, but son, this is the thing. He says that because I have gone and asked them for something, he said, I know that they won't feel awkward when they're in need and they want to come and ask us for something. So it's very powerful when we ask people. We've even done it on our street chat during COVID time. Laura set up a WhatsApp group to connect all of the people on our street. And it's amazing. We share lots of helpful information. If someone's left their lights on or, you know, left a window down on their car, you know, people will share things on that group. And it's been really uh, amazing and so sometimes we might even say hey has anyone got uh, a jet washer for the garden or has anyone got some secretaires? or you know we, we put requests on there because we don't always want to be like that we've got it all together and we're perfect but actually by humbling yourself and asking other people for things it opens a door and here we see Jesus opening a door he asked this lady and then she gets this amazing response that, hey, you know, if you knew the person who was asking you for water, you know, your life would be transformed because the waters I give do not run out. They are eternal. They are everlasting. And this woman, she, Jesus says to her, he says, hey, go and, get, go and get your husband. He asks her a question. And she, she says to him, she says, well, I, you know, I don't have a husband. He says, no, you're right. And you've had five husbands, and the person that you're with now, who you're living with, is not your husband. It was what we call a word of knowledge, where Jesus was saying, I know you. I know everything about you. And she was just astounded, like, how did he know this about me? And you just think about the backdrop of the story. Some of you may have seen the, uh, this story on uh, The Chosen. How many of you have seen The Chosen? Anyone? So there's this this, um, whole episode on the, the Samaritan woman at the well. And it's very, very powerful. And sometimes you have to kind of read into the story. Okay, so she came from five broken relationships, five broken marriages. So you kind of think like, well, what went on there? Maybe there was abuse, maybe there was harsh words, maybe, you know, there was some very, very painful stuff. Maybe she made some mistakes herself, maybe, you know, other people made mistakes as well. But she went through this dysfunction, she went through this pain, she went through this brokenness. And yet here Jesus is, he's not condemning her, he's not telling her what a disgrace she is, what a failure she is. All he's doing, is just looking with those eyes of love and grace and truth. She's so impacted by her encounter, her experience that she goes and she tells many, many others. And this is what it's about when we pass on the message, when we're loving the loss, that we must not judge people by their past, what they look like, what they smell like, what they sound like everyone's a vip and i know you guys you hear me say this all the time but i'm going to keep repeating it because it's something that's a it's a real truth everyone is a very important person and therefore we need to treat people that way because every person is loved by god made in his image and his likeness and part of our mission is to share that Even to love our enemies. And I know that's going like way further. They don't deserve it. You don't know what they did to me. No, we are not to overcome darkness with darkness, but we're to overcome darkness with light. And I've seen it countless times where I've loved on people that have been very hostile towards me. And what God begins to do is he begins to soften hearts and bring about transformation. So how can we reach out to others? How can we let our light shine? How can we love those that are lost? Well, I want to say this. There's millions of different ways. Sometimes when we talk about this topic of evangelism, people are like, oh, I'm not an evangelist. You know, I don't evangelize. But that's because they have a very small, narrow view about what it means to evangelize. What does evangelize mean? To pass on the good news. We are all called to pass on the good news, to share it. And there's lots of different ways. Like John Joss here is amazing at, at, at you know, sharing the gospel, sharing the good news. He you know, will often get phone calls. I'm sure many of you can relate to this, where you get someone ringing up trying to sell you something. Hey, who's had that experience? Yeah, You get someone normally when you're just about to have your tea or do something important, and then they ring up and they're trying to sell you something. John actually takes that as an opportunity to start sharing Jesus with them. That's brilliant, isn't it? And normally they either listen or they end up hanging up. But he's turning a negative into a positive. I know that there's even people that are here in the church today. Because, John, you extended an invitation. You reached out. You shared the message. So we have to tell people. People are not going to believe in a God that they've not heard of. In Romans 10, verse 14 to 15, it says this, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got beautiful feet. Some of you like, no, you want to see my feet. They're definitely not beautiful. <laughs> They're like claws. <laughs> you've got beautiful feet. So, so people can't believe in a God whom they've not heard. We have to say something. We have to open up. We have to communicate with other people. And as I've said to you guys many times before, you know, if you reach out and, you know, you invite someone along, like, what's the worst that they'll say? No, I'm not interested. But at least you've sown that seed. You've given someone an opportunity to make a decision. So we're just going to look at a few creative ways that we can communicate our faith, that we can share our faith. So number one, verbal conversation, verbally in conversation, okay? I love the fact this church is really sociable. I go and preach at lots of different churches around the UK and have done some overseas as well. And I want to say like, you know, God has really blessed this community because some churches you go to and no one says hello to you. And when you get there, it's like there's not much, you know, interaction going on. And, um, you know, but, but God's called us to be a sociable people. And, and I know I shared with you before part of my story is that, you know, I used to be very introverted. I used to be very fearful about talking with people. Even had, like, issues around kind of pe- speaking to people on the phone. Because I was like, but what if I don't know what to say? And so I'd write down what I was going to say before I'd make a phone call. And I remember being in church and we were praying. It's when my mom and dad were pastoring the church. And I was praying, God, help, help grow the church. And and I felt like Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Daniel, I keep sending you people and you don't speak to them. You know, God speaks to us. He speaks to us. And I remember being really challenged of, yeah, I'm praying that God's going to send people and then I don't talk to them. So we have to partner with God. He does his bit, and then we do our part. You know, And here we are today. We, you know, we've got at least, at least five new people here today. Guys, you know, it's part of our role, our responsibility, that we love people, that, that we make them feel like they're a VIP because they are a VIP. And it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. That word repentance means to be transformed, to become a new person. So, verbally in conversation, sharing stories. How many of you love stories? Stories are a great way of you sharing faith, encouraging people. You know, a couple of weeks ago, someone came up to me uh, after a, um, an evening service, and uh, there's a young guy in the church here, and he had this eczema on all on his face, all over his chest, all down his torso. And he'd had this for quite some time, and he become very conscious about it, and he was going away on holiday with his mates, and so he was sort of feeling a little bit uncomfortable about, you know, going swimming, and, and people perhaps seeing that, and seeing him in a, in a judgmental way. And so I said, hey, can I pray for you that God will bring healing? And he said, yeah, sure. So I prayed for him, and then the next week, when he came back, he came up to me with a Big smile on his face. He said, you never guess what happened. He said, after you prayed for me, the next day I woke up and it was like all this skin had peeled off. And he said, and my skin was completely healed. That's, that's not about me. That's about what God can do. But God's looking for us. We've got to be the ones who are willing to pray for people and to believe in faith that God will bring transformation. So sharing stories is a great way of boosting faith. Um, share your own story. We've all got a story to tell. We've all got a testimony to to give. People can tell you the Bible's wrong, but no one can tell you your story is wrong. Uh, I often love to use my parents' story, my grandparents' story. Um, So don't feel you're limited just to sharing your own story. Use other people's and it will inspire people in faith. Um, Okay, so verbally in conversation, that's one way. Here's another way, written form. So, uh, you know, I know that some of you have like written letters, you know, maybe like I know there's a ministry that, that is out there where people write letters to those who are in prison. And, you know, Jesus says that we must not forget, forget these people and, and normally hurt people hurt others. There's normally always a backdrop. There's always a, a story behind why people are the way they are. But we can write. Some of you are really gifted at writing, writing letters, writing short notes. These are really simple, powerful ways that you can communicate the gospel. I remember um, when I was uh, serving as chaplain to the Portsmouth City Council and the Lord Mayor. I remember like just one day, um, just feeling this prompting about like, you know, asking God to give you some prophetic words for all of the politicians in the city. I didn't know many of the politicians. Um, so I went to the Ports of City Council website, pulled up their names and their faces, and it had their email addresses. And all I did was sat with my laptop, and I'm just praying. i got some worship music on and say, God, what do you want to say to this person? And then whatever I felt, a sense that God was saying, uh, I just wrote it out. I just typed it out and then sent it off. Now, a lot of those people I did not hear back from, but some I did hear back from. One of those was a a lady who comes to this church called Jenny. Some of you know Jenny. And um, she responded almost like instantaneously. And she was like, we need to meet. (laughs) And then so we ended up arranging coffee. She came into the church and we met. And when she saw me, the first thing she said to me is, how did you know all that stuff about me? And I was able to say, well, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about you other than that you were, were, you know, with the Conservative Party overseeing housing in the city. So that's all I know really about you. And she was like, but how did you know all that stuff? And I was like, well, I don't know that stuff, but I know someone who knows everything about you. Do you want to know more? And she was like, I want to know more. So these are simple ways. And sometimes I think it's you've got to take some risks and step out. And just try some stuff. And sometimes, like, is it prophetic? Is it encouragement? Well, as long as it's edifying and building people up and encouraging them, say it, send it. Some of you I know John Josh, he loves his text message ministry, reaching out through text messages, okay? So we can do written form. Okay, social media. You know, if Facebook was a country, it would be the biggest country in the world. So my question is, with our missionary mindset, you're all missionaries. I would say, why wouldn't you want to reach that country? You can reach the world simply by getting on social media. And I know there's, you know, not everything about social media is good and we have to have boundaries in place and there's a lot of jobs. But we can use it as a tool to reach and impact the lives of millions of other people. And I've had, I've had testimonies. Here's the thing. Sometimes people won't like they won't share, they won't even comment, but they are seeing what you are putting on your social media. And I think that we need to use these platforms to share good news because we live in a day and age where there's a lot of bad news and often people are promoting that and amplifying that and shouting that out. But why don't we use these platforms to share good news? And there's lots of different ways that we can do that through testimonies, through sharing scripture, through sharing songs. I remember posting about a book that had really impacted and changed my life. I posted it on there. I ended up getting this random message on Facebook from a, a girl that I went to school with, secondary school, many years ago. And uh, she messaged me saying, Hey, I'm. Um, you know, she'd moved to London, and the, but she was back in, in the city, and she was saying, hey, can I meet with you? And I just had that sense, this is a God thing. God's on this. And so we met, and um, she came here to the church, and we had a coffee, and uh, she shared about how her life had been transformed by this book. And that as a result of reading this book, it had a domino effect blessing where she ended up, like, meeting the guy of her dreams And then she'll end up, like, getting married and just a whole life from, from going from a very broken background, which I won't go into, but then to kind of just really having a powerful encounter with the goodness of God. And so I said to her, I said, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, how did you hear about that book? And in that moment, she cherried up and she said, you posted on your social media about it. And I was intrigued And so I went and ordered it up and I read it and I implemented the things in that book and it changed my life. She never liked it. She never commented on it. She never shared it. So as far as I'm concerned, she didn't even see it. But you need to know that more people are seeing it than you know. So just keep putting the good news message out there. Keep encouraging other people. Use those social media platforms. Okay. Uh, Giving out gospel tracks, So these are little kind of little booklets or little cards that you can give out. We have some uh, downstairs. We've got our More to Life booklets, which are the Gospel of John. It's got the the gospel explained in there as well with a salvation prayer. We've got the four points.com cards with the four images that we fold up. We've always got loads of those as a church. So just feel free to like take them. But all I'll say is if you take them, Don't leave the seed dormant. Put it in the ground. Get it in the the soil of people's hearts and it will make a difference. I know that our street evangelism team with uh, Victor. Where's Victor? There's Victor at the back. Victor and uh, Ben and uh, Fowl and some of the other guys, they go out down commercial road. And, you you know, Fowl will be doing some music and normally that turns heads. What's going on over there? You know, but Victor's there, he's giving tracts out, he's offering to pray for people. I know Ben as well, and others, uh, Adam and Jody, I know were part of that as well. So, you know, these are, these are great ways, but just by being able to give out a tract is a really powerful way of sowing that seed, giving, giving that signpost. Okay, there's other creative ways. Some of you are gifted with music, poetry, art, drama, graphic design. Um, I know my daughter is very good at web design and as a result I frequently meet people when I say I'm always asking when someone new comes here I normally like to say hey how did you hear about us and it's so many people say I went on your website I googled churches in Portsmouth and you came up and so Talia through building a website is reaching people that she may never meet but she's building websites to help win the lost help Um, God's light shine in bright ways okay what else is there um posting your own video messages on YouTube um I know we've got a guy who works on Tangier Road here um he's a he's a believer he owns the shop Ace Processors Kevin Jones some of you know Kevin Kevin has fixed some of your computers Kevin if you see his shop He's just got loads of posters of like positive messages of scripture, of, you know, the gospel. And it's like, he's a businessman and he's not like, oh, well, it doesn't look good mixing kind of faith and business. He's like, no, I'm getting the message out there. And he's told me stories where he's had people that have come to him who can't fix their computer and they've tried lots of different things. They'll bring their computer to him and he says what he'll do is he'll lay hands on the computer and pray over the computer it will turn it on, and then suddenly it's like, I, c- I can't believe it. Like, there was a problem, and now there's not a problem. And so, you know, we serve a supernatural God who can do the miraculous. But we've got to believe. We, we've got to begin to stretch our faith in what is possible. There's so much more that we can tap into, but we've got to be willing to take some risks to step out. Okay, what else? Um, I like this one. It's one of my personal favorites, Bluetooth evangelism, Bluetooth evangelism, okay? So on my phone, you can, uh, you can name your phone and your Bluetooth. I've, I've done this for years and years and years. So if I'm searching for Bluetooth in the room, I'll be able to see all of your Bluetooth. If you've got your Bluetooth turned on, I'll be able to see what your Bluetooth your device is listed as. So normally it will be like the name of the phone um, or the device. Um, So I just made it a commitment maybe, I don't know, over five years, maybe even ten years ago, that I was like, oh, that's a good opportunity to get some gospel out there. So I'll put John 3.16 so that when people are looking, I know I'll go down the gym most days, and people are searching, and I'll see other people's pop up. I thought, well, you know, that's an opportunity there. You know, if you're down in Weatherspoons, you're having a pint. You know, and people are, you know, looking at their Bluetooth. Suddenly it pops up, John 3, 16. I've done other things where it's um, um, using icons, and I'd put, like, cross equals love heart. And so it's just lots of creative ways. You might want to just put God loves you. You know, Jesus saves, or whatever. You, you say it in your way. But it's an opportunity that you can use Bluetooth to evangelize, to share the good news. It's a very, very simple way um, that you can share the good news. Okay, you can also do this by renaming your Wi-Fi connection as well. Um, Here's another one of my favorites. Um, How many of you here ever use Uber or Deliveroo? Put your hands up if you've used Uber or Deliveroo. Most, most people have used that. Okay. So there's a great opportunity to share the good news. So on these apps, normally there's an opportunity to reach out. So you can normally leave some kind of positive rating if you've had a good experience. Um, so when I get a taxi, and I, you know, eat, to be honest, even if I don't have a good experience, I normally will put something on there where I'll leave a scripture or maybe a prophetic word, maybe a word of encouragement. If there's something specific that came up in the conversation, I might put an invitation to church. Um, I might put a website that they can check out. Um, And I want to encourage them. I want them to feel good about themselves. I want to build them up. And so if I can give some specific praise and encouragement, um, I will do that. It's a great way of being a signpost. And if you're able to, tip them well. Because that will add extra impact to be a blessing to someone else. So they will read that review. But here's the other thing. So will many other people. I also like to do this when I'm in coffee shops. And you can do a Google review. I did this when I was in Leicester. I was in Leicester. I was visiting a church conference. I was enjoying some nice coffee in their local coffee house. And so I put a review on there and I put, I'm in Leicester today visiting this church. I have an amazing time at the conference. So I'm checking out the coffee. Coffee was really good. Hey, you know, if you've not been to this church, you need to check it out. It's a life transforming place. So again, you know, yes, the business is going to read that. But lots of other people will read those reviews as well. I've done the same when I was working out in Wolverhampton as with Steve Upple and Esther we were working out, and I was like, hey, Steve, Esther, come here. you know, got, got a selfie with us and said, I'm going to give a shout out for your church. And they're like, oh, wow, that's a really good idea. And I think I got, you know, recently a message that said, oh, 5,000 people have seen that picture and that message. You think, wow, like that's 5,000 people that are reached with the good news who know about all nations in Wolverhampton. It's just a great way to, to evangelize, to reach out to other people. TripAdvisor would be another place that you can do that as well. And hey, I want to just give a quick plug. If you can give us a good review on Google or on TripAdvisor or, or on Facebook, say some words because it will encourage other people to come along to this place. So if you had a good experience, say so. You know, include a picture. If you include a picture, people are more likely to view it. But the more positive reviews that we get, the more likely that people will come along and visit. When we communicate the gospel with others, we are sowing seeds. The more seeds you sow, the more you'll reap. And let me say that again. The more seeds you sow, the more you'll reap. And we don't know who's going to accept. We don't know who's going to reject. Leave that to God. Like, just put the seed in the soil. God will water, God will bring increase. Yes, we can pray, but give it to God and let him be the one who brings the increase. But it says in the scriptures, doesn't it, that he who sows little, reaps little. He who sows abundantly, reaps abundantly. So there's a correlation. If you want to see more results in your life, if you want to see more of a harvest, sow more. Be more intentional about sharing the good news with other people. And I want to say this, don't get offended or take it personally when people reject. Remember, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting the message. Okay, so how can we show people? I love this quote by uh, John Maxwell. I know my friend Jack here likes John Maxwell as well. John Maxwell said this, he said, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So we have to be genuine in how we care for other people. The best way that you can evangelize is be genuine in your love for people. Genuinely love people and it will make a difference. So we want to tell people, but also we want to show people. Showing that we care about others. Take interest in their lives. Be an active listener. Ask questions about their family, their hobbies, their interests. You know, one of, one of the common uh, grounds that I love to establish with people is football. You know, I'm a Pompey fan. Liverpool would be my second team because mum's from Liverpool. But just being able to engage around football, like you can engage in and have a great conversation. Um, I also find it helpful. I was chatting with a guy recently and he was telling me about tattoo evangelism. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. And there's this little guy uh and but he looks quite fit a little little older chap. anyway he he does this tattoo evangelism down the gym we had, had this conversation and we were talking about something completely different but right at the end of the conversation it's just one of those throwaway comments that actually become where the real gold was and I said hey you look like a quite of a fit guy like you like your gym don't you you know tell me tell me a little bit about you know Tell me a bit about your experience and stuff like that. And, he, and then he started telling me, oh, yeah, he said, I love doing tattoo evangelism. And I was like, oh, tell me, like, what's tattoo evangelism? He said, well, if I see a tattoo that I'm interested in or that I'm intrigued by, then he says, I'll say, hey, um, I like your tattoo. Like, has that got any meaning? What does that mean? And he said, it's amazing how people open up and will share their hearts and he said he he finds that those people that most often you would think would be very anti are actually the ones who are often the most open. And he told me about this guy. He said he was like built like a wardrobe. He was massive. He was you know muscles on muscles. This guy was a big mush, and he had he was covered in tattoos. And he went and uh, he said, "Hey, mate, um, you know." And I noticed she had a, like a picture, like a face on here, like what does that mean? And he said, and this big, burly, muscly, hard guy, in that moment, starts to tear up. And he says, that's my daughter. I haven't seen my daughter in years because I had a, a broken relationship. She won't let me see my daughter. So he said, this reminds me that she's always with me in my heart she just starts to open up and so my friend's like oh man that must be like really tough he said look I don't know where you're at with like God and faith and if you believe but I believe in a God of miracles I believe a God can make a difference would you mind if I pray with you that God will intervene and that God will bring reconciliation that you'll be able to see a door and he said yeah I'd really I'd really like that The most unlikely people are often those who are the most open. But we have to stop judging people by what they look like. Everyone's lost and needs to be found. And he says, the funny thing is, he says, since that time, when he's working out now, he says, sometimes he's looking out, he's looking around the gym, and he'll see this guy zigzag across the gym to make his way to talk to him. He said, and I know he's encountered God's love. He's encountered the Holy Spirit. And and there's this thirstiness that he's recognizing. There's living waters here. So showing that you care about others. We can pray for people. You know, sometimes, you know, we're often worried. But what if I pray and nothing happens? Well, look, every time you pray, something always happens. You're communicating, you matter to God. God cares about you. I remember... uh, down in being in old commercial road. I was with, uh, with Nathan Gear, some of you might remember him from years back. And we were in the middle of the street, and I saw this lady in a wheelchair, and she she looked really down and really sad. And so I was like, Hey Nathan, should we go and pray for that lady? And it's like, Oh, that's a good idea. So I go up to this lady and say, Hey, can I pray for you? And she tells me her story, and she's you know, she just kind of looked up and yeah, please, I would really appreciate that. And uh, she told me about, like, basically her her spine had been, like, shattered. I mean, I was like, God, come on. Like, this is a really difficult one to pray for. Can't you give me someone who's got a headache or something? Um, But, you know, we need to stretch our faith. And, you know, this is how we develop our spiritual muscles. So I said, hey, I'd love to pray for you. So right in the middle of the the street, everyone's walking past. And here's me and Nathan. And we normally ask permission. Don't just put your hands on someone. You know, because you don't know, they might have been abused. They might, you know, be a bit flinchy. They might be a bit suspicious. So I always say, "Hey, would you mind if I put my hand on your shoulder? Would that be okay?" And most times people are okay. Sometimes people are, like, "I'd rather not." The most important thing is that you're praying. So anyway, she was open to that. So we put her, our hands on her shoulder. We start to pray for God's healing power. And so I'm just there, close my eyes, praying for her with Nathan. And uh, Finished praying, open my eyes, just floods of tears. This woman, streaming down her face. Now, did she get healed? Did she get up and walk out of the wheelchair? No, she didn't. She said to me, she said, do you know what? This has made my day today. No one's spoken to me today. I'm really lonely. And you two taking the time to stop and pray for me. I just, I feel overwhelmed with this love. And we were able to just share, yeah, that's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. So we can pray for people. Don't worry about, leave, leave the results to God. We're just told to do our part. Lay hands on the sick and they recover. We leave that part to God. Here's another way you can show people your faith. Share your faith. Be that light. Doing your job with excellence and integrity for the glory of God. You know, I follow on Instagram this page called Ballers in God. And it's basically for Christians that play football and that they want to give glory to God. So you see some of these really high professionals who might score a goal or whatever. And then they'll, you know, pull up their shirt and they've got Jesus saves or, you know, they'll point to the sky or they'll do something. They'll use it as an opportunity to share their faith. And I want to say whatever you do for a job, do it for God's glory. Don't just do it for your boss. Don't just do it for the money. Do it in a way that's going to make a positive difference that you're doing it as unto the Lord. Ultimately, he is your boss. You work for the king of the universe. And you can actually even view your work as part of your worship. Because when we, when we posture our hearts towards doing it for God's glory, it makes a big difference. Whatever you do, work hard, be humble, stay honest. And go the extra mile. Don't get sucked into idle gossip and criticism of others. Be known as the encourager who always speaks well of others and doesn't engage in negativity. And trust, you will stand out in a God way. Be generous. We heard about that earlier on. Blessing people, um, especially when it's thoughtful, has a powerful way of sharing the gospel. Tipping in restaurants and cafes, but hey, why not leave a tract with that as well? An encouraging word. You can support your church through tithes and offerings. It's a great way of us helping us be evangelistic. A lot of people come into the church, hey, how come you don't charge for tea and coffee here? Well, because of the generosity of the people, because we believe God loves us and he loves you, and we want to share that with you. You know, with all the holiday clubs that we do and the Christians Against Poverty job clubs, you know, Why don't we charge for any of that stuff? Well, someone's got to pay for it, and we do pay for it. But it's part of us sharing our faith with other people, communicating God's love. Inviting people to church, inviting people to your home, inviting people to a restaurant. You know, don't get so busy in life that you don't have time for people. There are millions of ways that we can show and tell people about the gospel However you do it, make sure you're doing it. Because we've got good news that brings transformation. Well, I hope you found that helpful. Should we stand to our feet? I'm going to pray that God would just help us. And hey, I'm sharing all this, not as like Mr. Expert. I'm sharing this as someone who's got my L plates on. You know, I'm learning, I'm growing, and and there are times that I struggle. But I want to get better. And, and I'm sure that everyone here and those watching online, you want to get better as well. So let's just pray. Yeah, Father God, we just we thank you, first of all, that you have saved us and that we were once lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. We thank you that you are a good God. We thank you that we have good news. And I pray, I pray right now that you would activate and awaken in every person here gathered and let it be an overflow, let it have a, a domino effect, Lord, in their lives, in their families, in their, in their companies, in, in their workplaces, in their homes, in their schools, colleges, uh, universities, Lord, wherever they go, Lord, I pray that we would share your love that we would share that good news that we would scatter seed not scarcely but generously abundantly and that we would see many people transformed by the awesome power of God Lord we acknowledge it in our weakness you are our strength we say we love you God we pray that you'd help us and Lord when we get those nudges sometimes those times that we might feel like it's an inconvenience may we not be so caught up with ourselves that we don't take time to stop and to love the one. Lord everyone is a VIP. Everyone is loved by you, valued by you. And I pray help us to see people the way that you do. And I pray that Lord as we respond that Lord we will see many people say Father God we pray. We pray that this church the day will come where we outgrow this building because so many people have come and encountered you Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord God, for a mighty revival and a great awakening in our city, in our nation, and in the nations of the earth. You are mighty to save, God, and nothing is impossible for you. We say thank you for it, and we thank you that you've sent us, you've chosen us, to have that great honor and privilege to be your ambassadors. And we say thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.